0: Welcome to Hive's podcast. You're listening to the missional entrepreneurship podcast that helps you start, grow, and accelerate your faith-based business for God's glory. My name is Vincent Boujour, and I'm here with Jesse Zwicker, founder of Hive. We want to talk about sharing your faith. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you've asked yourself that question before. How can I help the church grow more effectively? That's our topic and uh I wanted to ask you Jesse right at the beginning when we think about being a good church member what comes to your mind
1: Yeah when I think of a good church member I guess my first thing is that they are usually a tithe paying uh offering paying sometimes you know at least in the in the when when they bring the buckets um I think they're Usually they have some kind of a responsibility in church, like they're a deacon, um, they're an elder, you know, they, they're in women's ministry or children's ministry or one one of those. They have some kind of a responsibility there, you know, that's kind of where that would be probably the church. A good church member is somebody that's paying tithe, he's coming to church on Sabbath. Um, and then, and then he has some kind of responsibility.
0: Yeah. Okay. And what, what kind of, um, evangelism work or how does this person share his or her faith? Like, um, what would you say?
1: You know, this is the very, this is the difficulty of defining a good church member like that. You know, that's, if you, if you define a good church member like that, in my mind, that church member has not really helped to grow the church, right? So if we're thinking about growth, you know, we're we're really we really have a very difficult, I would say, probably the wrong concept of a good church member because a good church member um, essentially needs to be a church member that that helps grow the church. You know, I mean, in any. From a business perspective, in any membership-based organization, uh, the main way any membership-based organization grows is through word of mouth. Most of most businesses, you know, grow with word of mouth. Of course, and word of mouth means you know that somebody shares with somebody else what they're doing, and because they're excited about it, they get the other person also interested in it. But the truth is that. You know, if 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 the membership, if the if the good church member definition doesn't include that they're bringing other people to the church, then really it's a really bad definition, because really that's the definition of a bad church member, not a good church member. But we have we've we've in our minds, we've determined a bad church member is somebody who doesn't come to church very frequently, you know, and really doesn't. Pay tithe or something like that. So our standard for what a good church member is is so low that that we we don't touch even the surface of of the what I think is a would be a much better definition with which is the minimum is that is that uh, a good church member would be a church member that is actually helping the church grow is bringing other people into the church right.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, and you've been talking a little bit, you know, on when, when you're sending out emails, you're writing uh, blog posts and things like that. You've been talking about this concept of free time evangelism compared to full time evangelism. Now, uh, I want to dive into this topic with you a little bit right now. Um, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a uh, an evangelist in your free time? And what does it mean to be a full time evangelist? Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so basically um I when I share about this topic I always mention there's three levels of involvement. The first level of involvement really is level 0, which means you're not involved, right? That's what we would call the bad church member or what I call the good church member, right there. They're really not not really involved, you know, they're they're kind of a cultural, you know, church goer they come to church. Sometimes they, they pay some, you know, some, some dues basically. Um, but uh, you know, they, they, sometimes they skip uh, Sabbath school, you know, they just go to the church service and, and if anybody, you know, ask them to do anything, you know, they're, they're, they're really busy with their lives, right? They, they've got their job, they've got their business, they, they're doing something else. And it's, Taxing them, and therefore they don't have any energy uh, to to do anything for the church um, in their free time, right? Which is the main thing that everybody asks them to do. So that's really the the basic level, uh, level zero. Then there's the second level. I mean, this basic level is where is where where your personal mission is really not aligned with God's mission or with the church's mission, right? Um, The second level is where your personal mission is aligned with God's mission or with the church's mission. So that's where you're trying, you've, you've awakened spiritually, you want to do God's work, you want to advance God's work, you see evangelism in a sense as a lifestyle. You try to be a witness wherever you are, wherever you're going in your work, in your secular work, in whatever place you're at. You're trying to witness. Uh, it's not easy because most, in most jobs, most companies don't allow you to witness, don't allow you to talk about uh, spiritual things. But they're trying. And when the pastor makes an appeal, you know, then you kind of, you kind of want to go, and you don't have a lot of free time, but you try to, you know, go on, uh, go distribute some literature, or you you organize a small group in your home, or. Or you attend at least prayer meeting. So that's kind of like you know, you're cramming in the the, the the good spiritual disciplines somehow into your free time. But really, what's blocking you in this in this level is that you can't spend a lot of time on that personal mission, even though your mission is aligned with God's mission, you're not spending a lot of time on it because you don't have that much free time. Why? Well, simple you're working all day long on someone else's project someone else's business with with its own objectives right with its own mission and you're advancing their mission you're advancing that mission and and um and that doesn't that takes a lot of time now the reason why we do that is because we need to put bread on the table, right? So so we need that sustainability. This is why most people are working. Now, um, but it takes a lot of time. It takes most of our time, most of our energy, most of our mental space. It takes up all, all of our energy. And then we have free time. And free time is obviously with family, then with friends. You know, then we've got some hobbies. If somebody goes and plays soccer sometimes or this and that uh we do some hiking or whatever so we do we have a lot we have all these hobbies and then on top of that if there's any space left we have some free time you know mostly then we cram it out into the sabbath afternoon where we try to do some you know some activity because because that's the only time we have right because it's sacred time so so we have that moment but it's really always crammed into this last space there and if we're overwhelmed, if we're overworked, if we're doing whatever we're doing, uh, we end up always cramming out that last part, you know, which ends up being the church, right, and ends up being uh, the mission. So that's the that's the second level um, of what I call free time evangelism. Um, this is the main level that everybody lives on. This is what this is what the pastor. Uh, this is what our our whole system is based around. Is trying to get lay people involved in their free time. What is the third level, and that's the level that we spend more time on, is really uh, the the full time evangelism part, which is where your where your personal mission is aligned with God's mission and is aligned with your corporate mission. So it's aligned with your business's mission or your ministry's mission or your nonprofit's mission, wherever you're working, they're aligned. So if they're aligned, what does that for you? Well, it's obvious. You immediately are able to do ministry full-time on your job, right? It's your job to reach people. It's your job to meet people. It's your job to minister to their needs, to gain their confidence, to 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 be able to then use that influence <clears throat> to reach them uh, with with God's loving care, right? So, so really, it's that third level that suddenly puts ministry or evangelism on a next level. So that's really what I'm excited about. What I'm most excited about, where I've seen where people have made that transition, suddenly the results. Um, really multiply. So that's that to me is the big the big shift here, you know, from those three levels of involvement.
0: Amen. And if you're thinking now, oh, um, Jesse, does that mean I have to become a Bible worker? Uh, do I have to go back to a seminary to study theology? Stay with us, because after a break, we're going to show you how you can do this very thing, this, the, the third level that Jesse has been talking about, um, and you can shift towards a more fulfilling and and beautiful way of evangelism and life. So we're gonna talk about that, Uh, stay with us.
1: Are you looking for free and practical resources to grow your missional business? Go to hiveinternational.org slash resources for free templates, videos, presentations, and worksheets. You'll find marketing tips, sales techniques, and special advice on how to share the gospel with your customers just go to hiveinternational.org resources
0: now jesse i wanted to ask you how do we measure full-time evangelism this theory that you just introduced to us sounds very appealing and very beautiful how do we measure that
1: Every organization really ha- has the choice to do two types of metrics, you know, to measure success. So, what does success look like for a business? What does success look like for a nonprofit, for a ministry? What does success look like for the church, right? So, <clears throat> when we think of success as a church, well, what are we measuring, right? Well, usually, if you ask any church member that I know, they'll say, we measure accessions, right? We measure baptisms. That's what we measure. And it's the total number of baptisms that we have or total, member, total membership, the total membership. That's what we use to measure success. So how many members do we have? Well, we have 21 million or 23 million members. Church members right now. So that's that's the measure that we use to determine whether we're successful or not. Um, the question is, is this a good metric or a bad metric? So in business, there's really two types of metrics. There's, there's, there's what they call vanity metrics. And then there's what they call growth metrics. Or growth metrics can also be called actionable metrics. Metrics that actually help you take better action to be able to grow your business or grow your ministry. Uh, Most ministries don't really have a lot of metrics, um, which is really unfortunate, but most businesses do have metrics and they really spend a lot of time trying to define what is exactly their growth metric that's really gonna help them grow. Now vanity metrics, as opposed to growth metrics is Uh, That is a metric that makes it sound good. It makes you look good as an organization, you know, like a vanity, you know, like vanity metrics, obviously makes you look good. But really, there's not much behind that number. It doesn't tell you uh, the real story of what it is that makes you grow or makes you not grow. Right. So so um if you ask Facebook, for instance, this is a perfect, probably a perfect example because it's a membership, it's almost like a membership-based organization. It's a networking organization. So in in in, in Facebook, you know, you can ask the you can ask Facebook, how many total users do you have? And Facebook will tell you, um, actually, we don't care how many total members we have you know why don't they care what do they care about so if you go on google and you search for you know how many users does facebook have you will only find primarily two metrics the monthly active users and the daily active users right now they have They have 2 million, around 2 million, uh, 2 billion, sorry, 2 billion uh, daily active users, and they have 3 billion monthly active users. Now, if they were interested in vanity, they could be saying, well, we have like 6 billion accounts on Facebook. You know, we've got 6 billion members, users, but you know... Everybody that is interested in the success of Facebook, which is like the stakeholders, the shareholders, you know, uh, any investors, um, etc., any advertisers, any small businesses that are wanting to advertise through Facebook, they don't buy that number. They say that's a vanity metric. I don't care about how many accounts you have on your Facebook. I care about how many daily active members you have on your on your on your thing because those are the ones that are gonna buy my ads right they're gonna buy they're gonna watch my ads it's not the dead members that are gonna watch your ads right so it's really the daily active users that are interested uh that are interested that that the shareholders are interested in that the small businesses are interested in when they advertise and that's what facebook is interested in so they have really harnessed this concept that what is really important to them is not the vanity metric, it's the growth metric. And actually, the growth metric, in their case, is a daily active user. That's the strongest one that they care about. Why? Because that if they have daily active users, that's the definition of a good uh, Facebook member. It's a daily active user. Why? Because it is when people... Uh, go on Facebook daily share posts, share movies, you know tag people, etc that is what helps Facebook grow right It's nothing else it's a it's a daily active user so they define design their entire technology around getting you to go back on Facebook on a daily basis. That's their program now on on in the church it should be, similar right we know our total total member you know total members right we have 21 million members but really that is only a vanity metric it's not a real metric we don't know how many of these 21 million actually show up on church in church on sabbath and and if they show up it doesn't really matter either because those are not the ones that are bringing in new church members who is bringing in new church members? Well, it's the daily active members that are bringing in more church members, right? So so the growth metric that we actually probably should have as a church is how many daily active users, how many daily active members do we have in our church? That is what's going to help us grow. So we need to get away from this vanity metric that we have that really uh, nobody cares about you know that doesn't help us really grow and actually reduce that number and it look pretty pretty terrible because we haven't managed we haven't measured that and we haven't cared about it you know because the only thing that's going to grow is what you measure whatever you grow that's what you, that's what you're going to care about that's what you're going to focus on so so really spend time finding out what is it that really makes your ministry or your business grow and measure that you know and in church it's the same thing. I think we should be measuring how many people are actually working for the work of God on a daily basis. So this is where I think uh we need to be spending more time on and that's what, you know, that's where we're talking about full-time evangelism and stuff like that.
0: That's amazing to know and I think that um, there are probably listeners here who um, say, wow, you know, uh, I, I, I am that active church member. Or maybe some listeners say, well, I'm not that active, but I want to be more active. And uh, for both cases, um, I think you have some things to share, Jesse. Uh, tell us, how can we get more involved in this, in this whole um, mission uh, thing? How can we actively grow or help the church grow, basically? Yeah,
1: when we talk about full time evangelism, we're not talking about everybody becoming a pastor and not everybody going as a foreign missionary, you know, into Honduras, even though I enjoyed that for a few years. So, so, uh, but it's really a much broader, broader concept. The first level, um, like I said, you know, is you can be a missionary wherever you are, that's where you start, right? You're not going to, you're not going to stop your job now and start a business. It's not so easy to start a business. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's, it's more complex. It, it looks cool. It looks nice. It sounds nice, but it's very hard. And it's a lot of work. Okay. So don't, don't, uh, don't think of it as a, 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 just an easy thing. So, but, but the first step is really to just be active and And, um, and do, do be a missionary wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you're spending time with family, whether you're spending time with friends, whether you're doing your hobbies, you know, and even at your work, you know, do the best you can. But then on a long-term basis, you know, our goal is really to try to, yes, um, start some business or ministry or Go and work for some business or ministry that has already started that really needs help. So not everybody's gonna be able to start a company, you know, even though 50% want 50% of young people want to start a company, you know, and we should take advantage of that. It's easier now than ever before to start a business. Okay, let me also say that. Uh, with the internet, it's it's I mean, it's way easier to start something. It's also easier to fail, okay? Because the barrier to entry is much lower, so 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 anybody can try something and see if it takes off. And you can do that in your free time. You don't need to stop your job and, and 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 start. But while you're doing a job, you know, do it in your in your in your evening hours or whatever you're doing. You know, hustle there a little bit. So so really go into that next level where you can then. Um, align your corporate mission with your personal mission, with God's mission, with the church's mission. So that's really, um, what we're, what we're promoting and what we're hoping to get more people involved into these kinds of, of projects. And I'm telling you, you know, at least from my experience, that's where I experience true happiness, man. It's when, it's when you are fully aligned with what God wants, with what yeah you know uh with sustainability you know you're able to provide for your family even though you're you're doing mission work and you're you're actually providing a valuable service a valuable product that really meets a need in society and solves a problem for a lot of people so so it's really a rewarding uh a rewarding job to be able to get into this kind of missional entrepreneurship and you can be creative you can be a painter you can be a you can be a Whatever, you know, like you can you can use any talent. I mean, God has given us all these talents and he wants to use these things for the advancement of the work of God. We have been spending so much time in our traditional way of doing evangelism, where we primarily just give tithe to the pastor and the, let the pastor do the work, you know? and 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 pastor, why didn't you come visit me this week? You know what I mean? Like, why are we doing this? This is actually even the pastor's job was not meant primarily to take care of church members. The pastor's job originally the pastoral profile was not primarily to take care of church members, it was to really plant new churches and 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 work as an evangelist. And it was the elders that were in charge of the church members and running of the church. So Um, I think we really need to rethink the way we are, the way we're considering doing evangelism. And it's not just uh, this traditional pastor or foreign missionary, but really every trade. If you are a mechanic, if you are a carpenter, if you are a, you know, a tent maker, right, like Paul. Or if you're a fisherman, you know, like Peter, or if you're a carpenter like Jesus. Doesn't matter. They all had their own family businesses, and they all worked, you know, to reach the people that they could have otherwise not have reached if they hadn't done their tent making business, for instance. So that's my that's my my plea. You know, that's what I'm excited about is really broadening the sphere of possibilities of how we can advance the work of God with all the talents out there. Because 99% of the resources of the church are in the church membership. They're in the lay people, you know, and I hate that term, lay people, <clears throat> because they're not lay people. They're professionals, right? And they're, they're, they're supposed to be using those professions to advance the work of God.
0: friend if you want to get involved if you've been listening to this if you have been excited now after hearing this um, i want to encourage you to get involved with uh, hive um, you can do that just very easily by posting your story your feedback on social media using the hashtag making me possible that's making missional entrepreneurship possible hashtag making me possible and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts we'd love to hear what talents god has given you to advance his work And um, we look forward to getting in touch with you.